Hello and welcome to the Every Woman Network podcast, a chance for you to engage with some fresh ideas for you and your career development. In this episode, you'll hear from Every Woman expert Kate Turner on how to find out what truly motivates you and how to harness this for greater success. Kate is the founder and director of Motivational Leadership and a leading expert in motivation in the UK. She regularly delivers keynote speeches and masterclasses to help people understand what motivates them so they can love what they do. She'll explain how to identify and nurture your motivation for success and explore how your current levels of motivation might be impacting you. Kate will offer tips to increase and sustain motivation without sacrificing your well-being. Over to you, Kate. I remember a time, this is uh, for those of you based in the UK, or maybe you've seen this on many films, it's the clock at Waterloo Station in London. And I remember many years ago, many times that I would stare up at that clock, really wishing it was the end of the day, not the beginning of the day. I really didn't like the job that I was in. I didn't feel like I was able to give it my best. I felt like I wasn't living up to my potential. Each day as I walked to that job, each step was really hard to take and I longed for the end of the day. When our motivation is low, it just feels like time drags. It feels really hard to be able to deliver at the levels we know we are are capable of. There's something in the way of us achieving our potential. It's hard to lean into those conversations that we really want to in one way, but actually it's just too difficult to do. And actually perhaps even just talking about low motivation is making you feel pretty demotivated. It has that impact. It can be quite negatively contagious. We tend to work to rule. And here you can see some of those other feelings, emotions that we have when motivation is low. And of course, when motivation is low, we start to look for other jobs. We might feel, you know what, I won't go in and do the work today. Maybe I'll I'll pull a sickie. It's just not a nice place to be. However, there is another way and you know what it's like when motivation is high. So before we move on to that, I actually want you to shake out that low motivation. Just talking about it makes you feel lowly motivated. So get rid of that feeling of low motivation and associate yourself now with a time when you've been really highly motivated, when you just feel like you are unstoppable, when you feel energized, time just passes so quickly. What you're asked to do feels easy for you. Therefore, your performance levels increase and you want to be around people like that, don't you? And so your enthusiasm, your motivation is contagious to others. Plus, you're more likely to actually keep going. I'm not saying that if you're sick, you shouldn't take the time out. I'm saying that sometimes when we're feeling a little bit under the weather, sometimes it's actually about engaging with work because that's what fills us up. And that's what happens when motivation is high. And what I'm going to do with you today is really share how you can increase your levels of motivation. It's interesting, though, because when we think about motivation, People often think that you need to have really high levels of it and that that's got to um, touch every aspect of your life. And maybe that's true to a certain extent. But I would say there's a level where being really highly motivated and really 
pushing through and digging deep into some of what you're doing because you really, really want to achieve those outcomes can be detrimental. So there's about balance. And I will share that with you today, how to get that balance. A good example of this is there's an awful lot of work um, that's very prevalent at the moment. Uh, certainly, um, Simon Sinek has been a real advocate of this, of looking, looking at purpose. And so many people are driven by purpose. And that's great. But if you're driven by purpose to the exclusion of other motivators, it might be that you go all out to make a difference, to do things that are worthwhile without taking care of your needs as well. And that's where we see burnout. And you might either identify that with yourself when you've been in a place like that, or it might be where um, other people around you are really going for it. And you're thinking, hang on a minute, is that sustainable? So we want the high levels of motivation, but we don't want it focused in just one area. We want to bring some balance to it. Equally, you might be on the other side of the equation. We're actually a bit bored, a bit fed up with the work that you're doing. And that would suggest that you're not filling up enough of the buckets of motivation that you need. You're not reaching that happy place, that place where, as I've described it before, you are unstoppable. So how do we do this? For me, it comes back to looking at something that we call the performance triangle, or sometimes I call it the success triangle. It's recognizing that actually motivation is critical to our success. It's not an additional extra, something that maybe we can go and do at the weekends. This is something that we need to bring into our daily practice of what we do at and around work. The three ingredients that I talk about are answered through three questions. First of all, there's the what. What's the direction of travel for you? What vision, what goals do you want to achieve? What are the outcomes, impact, results that are really important to you? Have that in mind. Then think about how you achieve that. What are your skills, your behaviors, your knowledge, your ex expertise that you can bring to deliver on that what. We're really used to having those conversations. Certainly in the workplace, we talk about goals, we talk about training needs, we talk about skills. We're used to those two aspects of performance and indeed success. But the third ingredient, perhaps no surprise, given that you're listening to this today, is motivation. And that's the why bother? Why do you bother going in that direction? What is it about that that's so important for you? What adds meaning to your work through achieving those goals? We need to get that link because when there's a link between our what and our why bother, we're really engaged. We also need to have a link between the skills and the behaviors that we are able to uh, exhibit and our motivation because there are many ways in which we could behave. But why are you behaving in that way? Why are you turning up the volume of that particular behavior or skill? And why is it so important for you to demonstrate that way of working? So again, we need that piece of the equation to be in place. That's where we get real talents growing. So these three ingredients are really critical to your overall success. Kate has talked us through the three ingredients that are really critical to overall success. Next, she'll explore the factors behind motivation and how to really harness it. Back to you, Kate. 
I'm going to ask you a question. Is this something for you to think about for yourself? First of all, I'd like you to think about actually how skilled are you at your job right now? If you look at the job role that you have, the tasks that you need to complete, out of 10, to what extent do you have the skills and behaviours to do that well? So what, are, what level would you give yourself out of 10? And then separately, I'd like you to think about that to how well motivated you are and put that as a, a mark out of 10. It may be if you were thinking, I know, five out of 10, seven out of 10, what would you be for your motivation level at work right now? And then I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of maths, which is to multiply those two numbers together. So when I was in that role that I was talking about earlier, where it was just really hard work because I just didn't enjoy it, my skill level was still probably actually at about eight out of 10. I still had the skills to do it. I knew how to behave at work. So it was probably quite high. But my motivation level was really low. And in fact, I'll be generous and say it was five out of 10. So if I multiply those two together, eight times five, I get 40%. 40%. What does that mean? Well, the way that this works is that if you think about your sustainable level of performance, it is the how much energy you have for your motivation combined with your skills. So in a way, I should have only been performing at 40%. Now that's pretty low, really. I mean, if you think about the shortfall in potential in that role, I was being paid to do my job well, and yet I was probably only showing up at a, a lower level. Or maybe, just maybe, I was showing up at a much higher level. Maybe I was digging deep, pushing through, trying to make this job work for myself. And maybe those around me would judge that my performance actually came in at, I don't know, 80%. So actually that shortfall between that 80% level of performance minus the actual level that I was sustainably delivering, which as the calculation showed was 40%, but there was a shortfall of 40%, that actually I was having to go into my energy reserves to work out how I could just keep going. And of course, that is not sustainable. That is not something that we can keep doing. So what I want to do for yourselves is to help make sure that that motivation bucket is really because when our motivation is high, not only does it mean that we're able to access our skills, but it means that we can build skills too. Motivation absolutely is why we do what we do. It's that inner impulse. And you can't see motivation. It's what it touches is what you see. You actually see the behavior. And it's something that we need to work on on a really regular basis. And if I was to ask you what motivates you right now, you might come up with a whole shopping list of things that motivate you. And that's fine. But actually, to be able to then harness that motivation, we really need to get the truth behind those motivators. And I would say that motivation is actually split into a number of areas. This is based originally on the work by Maslow. Some of you will be very familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And he talked about the idea that we had to have this um, foundation of, of certain um, needs met, physiological needs, needs, as he talked about it. And once those needs were met, we needed to get the security needs met before we get the sense of belonging all the way through. 
And to a certain extent, this is true. But we are so lucky in most of the roles that we, we have. And actually, we have some choice. And it's not just about our needs. It's about our wants as well. So the way that I break this down is I look at our basic needs. And this is what makes work possible. Our real basic needs and our work needs. These things are things that we need at work that make it okay. It's all right. I don't mind it. It's acceptable. And then our work wants. And these are things that make us sing. They make us really want to go to work and put in that extra effort, sometimes called discretionary effort. And it makes our work really sustainable. So those are the three areas. Let's break them down a little bit more so that you can um, see how these, these work together. Let's look at those really basic needs to start off with. When I think about what gets me to a place of functioning, gets it to be possible for me to work, then it's a bit about movement. It's a little bit about making sure I've got I'm, I'm well hydrated, that um, I am getting the right foods and that I am actually getting a little bit of sunshine. For me, light is really important. Maybe think about what it is that just gets you functioning each day. What are those things? And once you've worked out what those three, four, five things are, that is your foundation. And for me, as I say, it's those four ingredients. We then need to move up and think how we distinguish our work needs from our work wants. And there's a clue here. Our needs can be satisfied. There's enough of them. Once you get enough of them, you kind of don't think about it again. Whereas our wants, when we have our, our wants come into focus we think yeah I want more and more of those I really like that let's have more and that's often how we can distinguish so if we look at our work needs so for me one of the ones that I get enough of is actually the one around connection and belonging for me as much as I love um, being able to have good relationships with people and I've got that skill is actually about being um, that's not a driver for me I need to have enough belonging enough connection enough relationships at work once I've got enough of those I move on to something else same with security there's an enoughness for me about the levels of security that I I need so maybe looking at those nine you can come back and look at this another time if you need a little bit more time and thinking, what are your needs at work? And so for me, the way I've put this in here is I've said that they are around uh, the having fair pay. I need to know that I'm being paid fairly compared to other people that I think are doing a similar job, that I get enough connection and enough security which then brings us on to our wants, things that really do drive us. And if you ask somebody directly what motivates you, often what can happen is that people respond with the sort of first thing that comes into their mind. I want you to think about this a little bit more deeply. It's something you might want to come back to because you might want to let the ideas and the answers to these questions sit for a while for you to be able to really see how they, they, they fit with your understanding of self. Kate has explored basic needs, work needs and which needs must be met in order to feel motivated. Next, she wants you to think a little more deeply about what it is that you truly enjoy and look forward to in your work. Back to you, Kate. So what I'd encourage you to do is ask yourself, 
what is it that you truly enjoy and look forward to in your work? What is it you just love doing? What is it that you just find effortless, where you feel that joy, that sense of time passing really quickly? And keep answering that question, what else, what else? Because underneath that initial answer, you often get to the truth. And you'll be talking maybe about, I mean, I, I, for myself, I might talk about the fact that I love going and um, delivering training, being able to uh, work with uh, big groups of people. And I can give those examples. But what does that give me? What does it give me to deliver training and work with large groups of people? Well, for me, it isn't so much the sense of connection. We know that that is a work need for me. For me, it's about the learning. I love being able to do the research to get the learning for myself and share it with others. I love being able to make a difference to the people that I work with, knowing they can take what we've shared, what we've been able to develop together and go and make a bigger difference in the world. I love the fact that actually each gig is different. And so there's variety in what I do. So how I am motivated to deliver training might be very different to somebody else who does it because of the connection or does it because it gives them um, a sense of security. They, they deliver the similar training each time and they're building steadily um, their own uh, repertoire of um, similar material that they feel that they can get real solid foundations in. To answer those questions for yourself and you'll get to somewhere near the truth. And what can be useful is to then go back to these same uh, descriptors of motivators that we had earlier but actually think how these are showing up as wants for you and you'll remember that wants are things that you just want more and more of that actually once you get a taste of them yeah have more of those please we can then think about actually in terms of those work wants and our work needs and our basic needs how do we make sure that we get these met on a regular basis so the next stage is to note those different motivators from our wants through to our needs and give them a mark out of 10. How well are each of those being met? What's the gap that needs to be filled? In a way, I like to think of these as buckets and, um, you know, how full is the bucket? Because you want the buckets to be pretty full. And if they're not being met enough, then what can you do? to make sure you get more of it. Think of it about, about it as the ingredients you need to make that difference in your motivation. This is a really simple way of looking at it. If you were to list your wants, the score that you gave yourself out of 10, and then actually how can you have that nourished more? So for making a difference, it might be about getting more feedback to understand actually how you're making a difference, or it might be getting greater visibility of maybe the product or service that you contribute to, actually having first sight of the impact it actually has on people. For the needs, the work needs, it might be for me about making sure that if my connection score is a bit low, actually how I'm reaching out to people a bit more to make sure that I'm, I'm filling up that bucket enough. And for my basic needs, which included things like movement and light, for me, it's getting out and having walks more regularly, making sure that I'm able to um, get that no matter how busy I am in the day, because that's what gets me functioning. I can't sacrifice my basic needs because we said they were the foundation. If we don't have those met, the whole house comes crumbling down. So in harnessing your motivation, 
we had this triangle before. If we know what motivates us, that starts to influence actually how do we relate to the outcome impact results that we are delivering? How important are they to me? If I want to make a difference, I want to make a difference towards what? If I want learning, I want to learn about what? If I want to have freedom, I want to have freedom in which area? Likewise, in terms of the skills and behavior, what do I want to be learning about? And how am I going to use that information to make a difference? How am I going to be structuring my day to get the freedom that I want? How am I going to behave and use my skills to make sure that I get my work done whilst retaining that freedom and autonomy? So that's how you harness your motivations. You link it back to your what and your how. It's really important to do that because it's so uh, often that we we go to work thinking about, well, we, we kind of like the job. But it's wider than that, isn't it? It's do we like the people that we're working with? Do we like the, the culture in which we're part? It's important for us to speak up and to be able to talk to our colleagues and say how we can get our motivators met and how can we support others getting theirs met. It's so important. Because when we do that, when we have that overlap between our motivations being met, our purpose, our vision, our direction being something that aligns to it and our skills and behaviour absolutely being nourished by our motivators. That's when we're in the sweet spot. That's where the magic happens. That's where we can keep our performance levels and our success really high. And that's what I encourage you to do. That was Kate Turner on how to motivate yourself. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Every Woman Network podcast. Continue your career journey on the Every Woman Network by logging into your personal dashboard at www.everywoman.com.